This podcast is proudly supported by Drama Victoria, Australia's oldest drama teacher association. Consider becoming a member to take advantage of the many member benefits. This podcast was recorded on the land of the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung peoples. We would like to pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. My name is Lawrence Page and in this episode, I'm joined by a truly incredible woman. She started out as an actor in Townsville on Tropic Sun before she became an actor again with the Australian Shakespeare Company for many years. Now, she is the artistic director for Theatre Rink. Today, we're joined by actor, writer, director, producer, sound designer and entrepreneur extraordinaire Terry Braben as we talk about running a theatre company. Let's get to it. Hello, Terry. How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much, Laurie, for bringing me on. This is oh, awesome. thank you for coming on all the way from Townsville. <laughs> I know. It's been a really long time since I've been able to get to Victoria, to Melbourne. So, yeah. And, and when you were here, you were you were working for the Australian Shakespeare Company as an actor. Yep. You were doing lots yep. of ads. You're in, I think, <laughs> yeah. neighbors, is that correct? Were you in neighbors? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who hasn't, though, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so why might just start off by um, telling us about who you are because um, okay. uh, you run, um, I would argue, Townsville's most culturally successful um, theatre company. Actually, probably yeah. the, the most successful, successful company in North Queensland um, called Theatre Inc. And I just probably want to start by saying, tell tell the Drama Victoria listeners, uh, what is Theatre Inc? And, and what's your aim as a company and all of that jazz? Yeah, okay. Um, well, we started Theatre Inc., uh, would you believe, 13 years ago now. Oh, my um, God. Because uh, there was a guy who had lived in Townsville, as you know, Laurie, called Jean-Pierre Vos, and he had a theatre company here and he started an event called Shakespeare Under the Stars and he taught at the university here at James Cook University, um, an acting degree. And myself and my partner both went to that university and we both got that degree and we both learned through Jean-Pierre and we both worked for his company. And we also both got our first start in Shakespeare at the event called Shakespeare Under the Stars. And Jean-Pierre passed away in 2008. And so the the event, Shakespeare Under the Stars, was actually... Um, you know, it was in danger of being lost to this community. And I suppose I've always had this sense of, um, I, I often talked about myself in the third person, which is very odd and strange, I know. Um, but I always sort of reference uh, little Terry Braben, right? So little Terry Braben, and I think about her and I think about how much she fell in love with Shakespeare through being involved in that event. And I always felt like I just couldn't sit there in, and not do something about it. So and just to make sure it was still there. Um, so anyway, so Brendan and I, my partner Brendan O'Connor and I were, as you say, working with the Australian Shakespeare Company. So we were doing Shakespeare under the stars in Melbourne. And so we were kind of, um, you know, experienced enough and sort of the prime candidates really to come home and keep that event going. And so we did that for a couple of years. And then we were still living and working in Melbourne uh, and just coming up to do that event. So we would be up in Townsville for about two months of every year. And then we extended that and did another show. You know, um, we'd go, oh, let's do some Australian plays because I have some teachers up here, our friends who are teachers up here, and they're going, why don't you present some Australian theatre because, you know, we need kids, the kids to study at that and they don't get to watch it. So, okay, so we started doing Australian theatre and then 
we just loved what we were able to do here and just um, the people we got to work with and just we felt kind of valuable and we felt like what we were doing was important as opposed to, uh, I guess, what we were doing in Melbourne where we were actors and that's not not, not just sort of um, denigrating that as a lifestyle at all but, you know, we were not the movers and shakers per se and we were in a town where it was flooded with, um, you know, actors as good as us and actors who could do, you know, what we could do. Whereas up here we felt like what we could offer was something just, um, I don't know, more valuable um, here than it was what we could offer down there. So it, we just, I guess that's what everybody wants in their life, isn't it? Just to find that spot where they can be of use and of value. And I suppose Brendan and I have also always been taught from Jean-Pierre that we are in service to this thing called theatre. It's not in service to us. So, you know, when we found when we when we found coming home that sense of belonging and that we were actually being valuable to our art form and we were, we were keeping it alive um in our in our community and then you know for young people and for you know the the audiences that were being starved of the sort of stuff we do so all of that felt like aha here we are here is our service and so that's what keeps us going actually all the time is our service to this community but also to the theater you know yeah and i really i really <laughs> love that story i love i love um i love hearing that story every time particularly because uh town's always obviously a place where there's not a whole lot of opportunity in terms of like competing companies and, and things like that um so you've got to really make it yourself um and i think in some ways that's a lot harder than uh with it you know if you if you started a theater company in melbourne for example you've probably got more of a cultural audience that are probably going to come out well look yes and no i mean my my glass is always half full right so i i see um yes in melbourne if you started a theater company there you're there's a ready-made audience that you know right up for coming to see the sorts of things you do and here we have to train them and educate them and drag them kicking and screaming along but also you have a community that that is really willing to give you a go you know that really willing to support you and we have been so supported just from the moment we started um you know and from a lot of the amateur companies and stuff as well like like I've never felt I just love this community and there there are lots of opportunities here. Just There just weren't those opportunities for what we wanted to offer and that we felt we were offering. So our biggest thing in our community here has always been to see where there's a there's a gap. Try not to step on the toes of everyone who's already here working hard. Um, where is the gap? Where are our skill sets, um, you know, most useful? And, you know, massage that and move into that space and not try and compete or... Because while, like you're right, while there aren't, you know, a lot of companies here, there are um, long-standing um, companies here that aren't necessarily doing the sort of work or the standard or the types of work that we do, but they're just as valuable here. And, w you know, we don't want to or never felt the need to compete with them. We just wanted to bring, like, that next kind of whole other echelon I suppose to what was possible for all of those people to aspire to to be part of um 
yeah, I think that's important. So, yes, so I think that being in the small town has its disadvantages, but I think it also has its advantages because because you are a lone wolf and you are the only one standing, that people throw their support behind you. And we have some of the most loyal audiences. Um, and, and even, like, big um, companies like Culture Counts. I don't know if Culture Counts is Australian-wide, but they do all the, you know, the... Um, Oh, what do you call surveys and you know get all the statistics for you and stuff so you know and it's a national thing that so it's all by a national standard and that when they do our reports they go oh my god like we do not see responses like this anywhere in the country uh because our, our audience is just like loyal to a fault you know so no one's sort of writing anything bad about us in their survey so these these like 99 percent of like very good excellence um it's just beautiful. We love them. Yeah, we love, you know, they're so they're so loyal to us. And so, you know, and likewise, we are extremely loyal to them. And I think and I think yeah. it'd be fair to say um that you are extremely committed to your audience, that you um obviously with that incredible positivity that you're getting, uh has has a lot to say for what you plan for your audience to see and, and how you deliver it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's so important. Um, the connection to to audience and to our community and you know it gets harder and harder and harder and it's you know um, it's actually quite funny that you should bring this up right now because you know we're, we're at that sort of we're at that sort of space in the company at the moment where we're tipping into kind of further professionalism and further kind of state funding and um, and that's all sort of looming over us and sort of being quite um we're sort of being invited into this other space and it's quite difficult to marry the 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 challenge between sort of serving your government objectives and still particularly as you know Laurie particularly when you're in North Queensland which you know the government tend to make a lot of decisions based about around the southeast corner in Queensland um, so we, so our objectives don't necessarily align with the state objectives, uh, and staying very, very loyal to what um, and firm about what we are actually prepared to do, and you know, just to, to service our community. Um, yeah, what what dance we're willing to do with the devil and what we're not. Um, <laughs> and how do you? Uh, so yeah, so do, we're kind of in that position. Oh, sorry to jump in. Um, I just want to know how, no. how do you um, face that challenge when? the objectives that you need for Townsville community, which are very different. Um, you obviously need the the funding to put on the quality of the, that you require, but how do you face that challenge? I I, I, I couldn't tell you. I'm facing it now. <laughs> I'm, try, I'm, I'm navigating it. And um, I guess it's about being really sort of really firm in your, our why, like why we're here and what, um, that's about and I mean I, I don't know if I could even put that why into words I just feel that why um so strongly in my body like um that I can always tell when I'm doing something that doesn't feel right for me or or just feels like I'm gonna regret this um in terms of that really strong reason why we're here and what what we're here for and why we came home why it matters all the whys you know are really clear um 
but yeah, it is it is quite difficult. And I think that the I mean, what I, I guess in terms of what am I doing to navigate it now is I am desperately trying to educate government. That's what that's what I'm doing. I'm not trying to change us. I'm trying to educate them as to why what we do a is working because it is. Um, and I mean, it's what we've been doing is working, and that's why the government um, bodies are attracted to us now because they're hearing all about it um and they're only hearing about it because of the absolute fanatical loyalty of our audience so to then turn around and and sort of sell out our audience in order to fit these other objectives is quite a scary proposition so i guess where we're at now is just trying to educate um government and go you know what works in the big cities does just does not work and so yes we may not fit into um, you know, the grant form that you need us to fit into and that maybe the grant form needs to change. I, I did not expect this episode to go really political. <laughs> and, I, and, and I've got to say, I'm quite enjoying it. Um, <laughs> well, well, I, I don't know. I don't know if any of this is going to make any sense to anyone in drama. No, no, no. I, I love yeah. it. I love it because these, these, are, these are real challenges that people would have yeah. in, in running a theatre company. Um, yeah. You've got to ask where the money's coming from and then where the, when you have the money, you've got to know what you need to do to meet the money. I mean, that's a real challenge. And then, then the government gets kicked out in the next three years and you start all over again. And there'll be new <laughs> policies, new rules. Yeah, everyone brings in their own new things and it's like, oh, here we go again. Yeah, I mean, even at local council level, that happens as well, you know. Um, I think we've got another election. I mean, we've just educated a whole bunch of the councillors now, Um so, you know, it feels great and it feels like we're being listened to on a local council level. But, you know, there's another election in yeah. in six months or something and it's like, oh, now we'll have a whole bunch of new people and we start again. So it does feel like you're just always on that, you know, on a, you know, your bicycle doesn't move. You're just sort of there sitting. <laughs> sitting but, you, there. but you're spinning it. You're trying. You're but really it's pushing. spinning, you know. And in the meantime, you're losing yeah. weight. So, you know. You're just, <laughs> and, and not from the. half. And that's definitely not for the extreme amount of stress that there is in running a financial no. system. <laughs> um, yeah, great. So no. do you think do you, you mentioned earlier that you um, you went from starting with Shakespeare, which was your kind of um, hmm. background, and then you took on Australian plays. And by the way, my favourite play that I've ever seen on this earth, no matter how many companies <laughs> and how many different versions of things that I've ever seen, like my, I still remember my favourite play I've ever seen on this earth was your version of When the Rain Stops Falling by... Thank you, Laurie. Um, and they're actually Thank doing a, they're actually uh, Iron Lung Theatre, I think they're called. They're doing a version yes. of it with Francis Greenslade coming up. But I just know that I'm going to get to the theatre and go, it's not Terry and Brendan. So it doesn't, like, it, it's good. It'll be good. Sure, I'll have a great time, but it It'll won't be, be the same level. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, I just, Thank you, Laurie. That's okay. Um, I'm just curious to know um, where... Has COVID, um, obviously with the pandemic and everything that has hit us recently over the last two, three years, has mm. that had um, an impact on your planning as a theatre company? Like are you uh, changing yeah. your process or, yeah? Um, yeah, I think I think it's totally. I mean, I think that COVID, I mean, COVID illuminated, I mean, there, there are lots of things that, you know, I mean, I, I wasn't taught how to run a theatre company. You know, you just get in and have a go, right? Um <laughs> And and you know I'm just lucky that I guess I I I could have I think I feel like I could have always run a shop. That's what <laughs> I think. You know I could have I'm good at you know sort of balancing books and you know like I kind of like organizing those sorts of things and 
Um, and there's no yeah, dust so on the shelf, by the way. <laughs> oh, there's pl- <laughs> plenty of dust on the shelf. I'm not, I didn't say I was a good homemaker. Oh, all right. Sorry. Um, no. But, um, but no, I think that, that there were certain things that we did because it's what we kind of saw happening. And like in terms of like um, planning a whole season and launching your, you know, for example, your season. But we didn't have subscribers. Mm. So we were just copying what all the big, what every company we know does um, by telling everybody what they're all doing, you know, what we're doing for the rest of the year in January um, or even earlier. Um, and But there was no actual reason, no actual financial reason for us to put that stress on ourselves to have a whole year, you know, and we do have a year plan, but I can change things, you know. So right now nobody knows at all what we're doing and it might look like, I mean, we're doing, you know, the the play Bloody Mary that's coming up, that tickets are on sale, but no one knows what we're doing beyond that. We do, our company do, the entire ensemble do, our executives do, but there's no point. We don't have to tell anybody what is going on because we don't have subscribers. So that came out of COVID because it was like you couldn't plan anything. And we were like, well, but we don't have to do that anyway, even if we didn't have to not, you know, even if we didn't know what was going to be able to be done because of COVID. So that was one thing. Um, but also, like I was telling you before, that, um, you know, we had other things that happened, like our building got um, up for lease, that building that we were in. So our home was being sold from underneath us and we already knew that it was um, to, you know, we, we already had outgrown it and we knew we had to, you know, go big or go home. So it gave us a push that we absolutely, you know, would never have been brave enough to take. And so here we now sit in our brand new home and it's, um and it's wonderful and it's such a, you know, a creative sort of kick forward as well. We've got our own space that, um, Brendan, my partner, is you know completely built into a theatre, small theatre for us to. Oh, because that's the other thing. Um, Townsville has no performance spaces, so that was the other challenge that was happening even pre-COVID. Uh, was that there was no performance spaces, so you couldn't even hire a venue to do a show. So you know, how can you be a theatre company if you can't do a show? You don't have a place to perform, and um, you know, we were we were doing lots of outdoor stuff we were doing stuff like frankenstein in a big you know old abandoned school we were trying everything to just like perform and now now we have a a building we can plan ahead we can you know it's funny when people ask you to like have these whole plans for a year it's like you don't even have a performance a place to perform how can you plan what show you're going to do when you don't know where it's going um but now we have all of that and it's so much easier and it's so much easier to dream and to plan and to build and to grow, but it also comes with a price tag. So, you know, we're scrambling and we're working really hard and we're trying really hard to, you know, make the money to pay for the building now because now it's we've got, you know, those overheads which have doubled since COVID. But I also will say that on the plus side for COVID, for us, was that there was suddenly all this funding that, you know, because because the you know, the arts were treated so poorly in terms of the job keeper um scenario, in Queensland at least, there were all these um different grants and things that were just going out there to try and get money, like funnel money money through to the arts that were kind of open for the first time to groups like us or groups 
outside of the southeast corner um, who were actually receiving them. So we got more money in the past two years uh, because of COVID than we'd ever received from them, uh, from the state government ever, ever in our existence. And it's now that that's stopped and died down, that we're back to a reality of um, now we're back to normal. And all that money that we got, I mean, if when we get funding, we give it to the actors. We try and cover everything else ourselves. Um, it's just that we can't, you know, uh, we can't pay the actors on top of that. We don't have the population. We don't have the audience numbers to actually make the money that goes into paying the actors. So all the actors are doing this for, um, you know, the the growth and the build and the hope that one day we'll, you know, we'll be able to be a place that employs them regularly. And for the last two years we have been because we've been quite heavily supported financially from the government because of COVID. And now we sit here this year, 2023 is the season where we kind of feel like we're going alone again. Um, so we'll see how we go. But COVID did a lot of, you know, just a lot of kind of adversely positive things. And that's probably a lot to do with my mindset as well. I always see the glass half full and what do we do with this now? And um, yes, we lost shows and, you know, it was our birthday year when COVID hit as well we were turning 10 and we had this huge war of the roses trilogy planned and we only got one of the three done but it also meant i was stuck at home and um we ended up instead of doing instead of working you know 24 hours every seven days a week for the whole year on these three massive wars of the roses epics i sat down and and my sister and i um put together a a a photo book, a compilation of the 10 years, um, a real reflection on the 10 years. I got to pause and actually look back rather than just keep scrambling and keep keep moving, you know, just keep trying to keep the wheels turning. I was able to stop for a bit and really reflect on what was what's worked, what hasn't worked, and just the community that we've um, created here, which was, it was actually really lovely. I was really grateful in the end. And uh, then the other thing that came, sorry. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> No, I was going to say, and then the other thing that came out of it was the whole um, bridge project connection because uh, because I couldn't do the bridge project in the room. So for viewers of the podcast uh, or listeners of the podcast, sorry, <laughs> um, we run a training program as well. So um, I took that training program online, but because it was online and I was doing it all via Zoom, I went, oh, why why can't I do this for all the 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 you know the bridge project kids who left years ago um, and were, you know, living in Sydney and living in, in Melbourne and living. So we ended up doing this huge bridge alumni Zoom session, like all across the country, uh, which has really led to some fantastic developments for them because they've reconnected with one another. And I just said to them, I don't know what you're doing there. Well, you're all in Sydney. Why are, you all, why are you all just sitting there waiting for someone to tell you that you're good enough to do something? Just do something, you know, just go ahead and do something. And so now there's a, a you know, an independent theatre company that they've started called Stacks on Theatre in Sydney, um, which is all bridge kids. Um, it's, it's incredible, you know. So a lot of good came from it because we were able to just stop following the leader, which we didn't, we weren't even sure who they were, <laughs> and just sort of think about, well, what can we do? And let's do that. I, I've got to say, listening to all of this, I really admire your mindset um, because, like, the world just fell apart and you're like, oh, well, we'll just pick ourselves up and keep going. And I think that's a really 
Um, yeah, and oh, I and I, I feel like that that would be contagious. Like I know they say negativity is quite contagious, but I think positivity is. I think people would look to you and 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 feel really reassured um, by a mindset. Anyway, sorry for going off on a tangent. Um, yeah, no, but thank you um, because it isn't it isn't always easy. You yeah. know, it is it is much easier to um, to feel you know despondent or downhearted you know because you're tired and you've worked hard and you're exhausted and and these things are completely out of your control but in many ways uh, because of the person I am it's the things that are out of my control that I'm quite calm about because I couldn't I, I could not have done anything about COVID see it's when things that I'm in control of that panics me that, that's when I get stressed out it's like oh you know I have to do this well and I have to these people have to be really challenged and these people have to be really happy and these people you know um but it, it's when it's like whoop it's raining what can I do I can't control the rain you know it's <laughs> like those things just I just put my hands in the air and go oh these are the these are the things that I'm not in control of and I'm okay with that I'm just gonna let the storm pass and then I can get back in control yeah that's awesome I'm massively loyal to Theatre Inc. and I'm a massive uh, nerd of all of the stuff you're talking about. So I could talk to you about this for hours. But uh, just to finish, maybe if you could just yeah. say in a sentence, um, what advice would you give to someone who would be trying to start their own theatre company? Okay, well, definitely I think you have to know what your why is. Like why are you doing this? I think everything has to start with why. And if the why isn't very strong, then I would say stop, find someone who does have a strong why and follow them. Terry Braben, this has been such an inspiring interview. Thank you so much for your time. And that's all for this episode of The Aside. Huge thank you to Terry Braben for giving us their time. And you can find out more about Theatre Inc. by going to the link in this episode. If you'd like to ask us a question or you have a suggestion or something else for a future episode, feel free to contact us on asidepodcast at outlook.com. We respond to a number of emails each week and are always happy to help. Thank you to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. Thank you to Aaron Searle for providing the music. And of course, thank you for listening. <laughs>